On today's episode, we are doing a first ever client testimonial from one of my clients, Abby Herman. Abby is a six-figure content strategist and coach for business owners, and we have been working together for three months. She has three more months to work with me, but already we have seen such amazing results from Abby. We wanted to share this with you, and Abby was so gracious to come on and share her story so that you, our listeners, can hopefully have your own inspiration that your body can heal too. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. Guys, I am so excited for this podcast episode today. Today, we're going to have our first ever client testimonial from one of my clients, and you're going to hear about her journey, what drew her to work with me, and all the incredible results she's been seeing in like less than three months. Her name is Abby Herman. She is a six-figure content strategist and coach for business owners who want to gain visibility for their businesses. She is super busy super organized, and she is running a team. She hosts a growing membership program to help business owners DIY their content marketing. And she's also a host of her own podcast called Stories in Small Business Podcast. She is an incredible woman. She's in one of our masterminds that we work in together. And she decided this summer that she wanted to tackle her health for the sake of her business. She is amazing. And I hope that you guys are so inspired by what she has to share today. Abby Herman, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And you forgot to mention that you have been a guest on my podcast. This is so. true. <laughs> Do you know what episode that is? I mean, we can link, put a link in the show notes, but. We'll definitely put a link in the show notes. I don't know the episode off the top of my head, but I will definitely grab that for you. You don't memorize all your episode numbers? I don't. I can't even remember what episode number is going live next week. <laughs> wow. That's, yes, that is so true. Well, Abby, I would love to start off the journey of what made you want to work with me? I know that, you know, as business owners, as women just running our lives that, and you also have a daughter, like you have a home, you have a lot of things on your plate that you are juggling. And yet suddenly you're like, oh, I'm going to tackle my health on top of all that. Tell me about that process for you. Yeah. So my entire adult life, I've been pretty active. I've been fairly healthy. I eat, you know, I eat well, most of the time. Um, <laughs> of 
course there's a, you know, we'll talk about my sweet tooth and my yeah. beer habit later, but um, yeah, so I've always been, you know, very active. I've run ultra marathons. I've done triathlons. I um, like to lift weights. And I also just uh, recently turned 47. And so when I turned, prob- it was probably um, 40, 42, somewhere around to there, I started to notice that my metabolism wasn't quite what it used to be. And I um, had gained some weight. I was kind of fluctuating off and on, you know, some weight gain. I had tried different things like intermittent fasting and carb cycling, things like that. And they all worked, but they only worked to a certain point. And then, you know, it just got really difficult to do all the tracking of everything. And um, I just, you know, I guess I don't think it was COVID. It was more just my body in general. I started feeling really tired all the time. I was super lethargic. I was napping sometimes two and three times a day um, in the spring. And and I've always worked, I've worked from home for seven years. So it wasn't the fact that like my schedule changed so much. My daughter is, um, she was a senior in high school last year. She's 18. So I wasn't struggling with trying to manage homeschooling and all of that. It was just, I really honestly think it was my age and, or that's what I thought at the time that was my age. I since yeah. learned differently. <laughs> Um, but then I I had heard you on the Biz Chicks podcast, um, and you and I were already in the same mastermind group together, but you and I hadn't really connected. I heard you on the podcast, and even though you're much younger than I am, when you were talking about some of the reasons why you went into the field you're in now, um, some of the symptoms that you were having, how you were feeling, everything that you said, <laughs> I was thinking, oh my God, that is me. I am bloated all the time. I'm tired all the time. I don't feel right. I I felt really puffy, like especially my chest and my face. I just felt really puffy. I felt just like my stomach was upset all the time. It just, something just wasn't right. And for how well I was eating, I felt like I shouldn't have felt the way that I was feeling. And so I was like, all right, I got to talk to this person. I've got to talk to her and we need to connect. So we got on a call and as you were talking, the very first phone call that you and I had, I'm like, yeah, I, I got to do this. I have to, because I, I was about to turn 47 at the time. And I was like, I'm not going to continue the second half of my life feeling as crappy as I was feeling. So yeah, there's kind of a lot of information there, but oh, it was no, just the, the accumulation of so many different things that life has got to be better than this. And I know that I can feel better. Um, and I was just done with feeling like crap all the time. And you can't really run a business when you're having to nap uh, three times a day or having to walk away from your desk and lay down or, you know, just inhaling the Diet Cokes because I was doing that too. I'm not a coffee drinker. I drink iced tea. That's my caffeine. But I was also drinking Diet Cokes at, um, you know, like 10 o'clock in the morning because I needed that pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even when we talked, and this is really common for people that I work with, and it was a common for me, my story, like you described your, your breakfast were like spinach and broccoli and egg. You would pre-make food for like the whole week. So you had plenty of veggies, protein, like in your diet, I would say 
for a lot of people, a very good diet. Like, oh, those are generally healthy foods. Um, I think we were working together for two months before I knew you had specifically done ultra marathons, which uh-huh. is again, it's like, I mean, your muscles have to be strong. You're burning a lot of calories. You're a dedicated person to health. You have to be getting in all your right nutrients to do that and sleeping enough. And yet you were still experiencing um, these sort of mild, not like going to the doctor, like doctor's going to be like, oh, you feel puffy. Ha ha. Right. 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 And so, and, but you're like, oh, what's up these naps? And, um, you really wanted to get better. I love what you said. You wanted your second half of your life to be better. I'm actually curious. Did you have any thoughts at any point in time that maybe your second half of your life couldn't be better? I think that we often think like, I've had a kid now, it's too late, everything's downhill from now, or, you know, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 30, like I passed my 20s, I'm done. What made you think that <laughs> that your second life could actually be better? Well, I've had a lot of personal crap in my life, <laughs> in, especially in my 30s. And so if my the second half of my life couldn't be better, that would be really sad. Okay. <laughs> but um, so so there's the, the personal side, the non-health side. But well, I guess mental health is in there also. But no, I mean, you know, I look at my parents. My parents are in their early 70s and they're still active and they still, um, I feel like they're probably living a better life now than they did um, when they were my age, just financially. And the fact that they can get out and do things. I mean, there's a reason I have my own business. There's a reason why I opted to take the risk and leave my very secure, but low paying day job and do this. And I feel like I owe it to myself. I owe it to my daughter. I owe it to anyone who is in my life to just do whatever I need to do to, to be happy. Um, and that includes my health. Oh, that's so good. And I will say mindset is a huge thing when it comes to our health. Like, do we believe we're worth it? Do we believe we can get better? Um, and you really show like a lot of positivity mindset of like first half was pretty bad. I bet it can get better. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully that resonates with some of our listeners. Um, I want to move on to reading out your top five symptoms you had listed for me. So anybody who I work with, we have our top five things, areas that you want to see improvement in. So your areas you want to see improvement in were not sleeping well, gassiness, bloated and constipated, lack of energy. And it's so funny when you wrote it, you said lack of energy, parentheses, due to lack of sleep, question mark, like you were (laughs) not sure, you know, how what the lack of energy and tiredness was going on there and then achy joints and muscles. And Mm -hmm. I have everyone who works with me rate them on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being like, this is the worst possible I could ever imagine. And zero being like, this is not a problem for me. So of course, it's going to be on a higher number and all of those you rated in a five or six. Um, I'm so curious, what were some of the first changes you saw when you started implementing the customized health plan that we created for you? Yeah. So one of the very first things that we discovered through my test results, and I don't know how much you're going to get into those, but I mean, if you want to share, you can, but if, if not, we will get into it for sure. Yeah. So one of the test results was a blood test where we looked at the um, sensitivities that I have to specific foods, not allergies, I don't think um, specifically, but sensitivities and reaction. And what it found was that my three highest reaction foods were cantaloupe, which was fine because I don't like cantaloupe anyway. (laughs) 
but the but the other two were strawberries and wheat. The wheat didn't really surprise me. It was a huge, huge bummer. That's for sure. But it didn't surprise me. The strawberries was a big bummer because I love strawberries, but it's really hard to get them at certain times of year. So it's really easy to avoid. The wheat was not easy to avoid and hasn't been. Um, But the other things that were a higher reaction to or like uh, foods that you recommended I stay away from were broccoli, spinach, garlic, basil, um, and a few other things. I should have had my card handy that because I literally like you sent along the test results came with a card that I can carry around with me and and have. But I ate at the time I was eating broccoli and spinach daily. Um, Like you mentioned, I had my veggie bowls that I would have for breakfast every single morning and broccoli and spinach were always in there. And I would prep those ahead of time. I would chop them, get them all ready ahead of time. I would always cook in olive oil. So it was, you know, the olive piece I was having daily. And, um, and so when you mentioned and like, you know, the test results came in, it gave me different recommendations for things I could use as alternatives. So I cut out the broccoli and spinach and I started using flaxseed oil and grapeseed oil to cook instead. And the thing that I was having an issue with before with my breakfast was I would eat my breakfast, my very healthy breakfast. And then immediately afterwards, I needed sugar. I was like, and my my big go-to sugar is Starburst jelly beans. I love them. I literally, this is embarrassing to say, but I would buy them in the bulk from Amazon. <laughs> and you don't have to get them just around Easter. You can get them anytime. <laughs> but I love your stores, honesty. You can, <laughs> my God. I literally would buy them in the bulk and, and, you know, my daughter would roll her eyes at me like, oh my God, mom. But then she's like, can I have some too? Um, so, <laughs> so the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree, but I needed sugar and it was the texture and it was the sugar and I craved it. And I would eat it all. I mean, I literally could sit down and eat half a bag, a whole bag in one sitting. Um, And then I'd be sick to my stomach. But I'd cut out the olive oil. I cut out the spinach and the broccoli. And literally within days, the sugar cravings were gone. I replaced the spinach with... uh, Swiss chard and kale instead. And I do like I wilt them and I put in the eggs. I didn't really replace the broccoli with anything. um, But I already talked about replacing the olive oil. But yeah, I like sugar cravings gone, like almost immediately. And then the stomach aches started going away really quickly after that. Um, A lot of the gassiness and the bloatedness started going away really quickly. But it was the sugar cravings. (laughs) I think it was like our next call that I was like, Oh, my God. I can't believe how much better I feel already just from that one little tweak in my diet. Um, It was amazing. I mean, and I remember when we had our first call and you were considering working with me and you're like, Allison, I've got these crazy sugar cravings. And like, what are you going to do with me? Are you going to beat me? Like, how are you going to make me stop eating this sugar? Um, And I had told you, I said, you know, I strongly believe that if we dealt with the root problem going on inside of your body that these cravings will naturally go away. And I know that you were like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. Yeah. I totally didn't believe you. (laughs) Right. Right. And I find that so, and so many of us think, and I'm the same way. I talk about this all the time for anybody who's into personality tests. I'm an Enneagram one. I'm an INTJ. I'm all about willpower and like perfection and 
improving things. And so I've been on the boat, I'm raising my hand. I've been on the boat where it's like, I just need more willpower to deal with this X, Y, Z habit. And will can be important, but I looked you in the eyes and I said, Abby, I bet if we dealt with your microbiome, because our microbiome, our bacteria in our gut actually can send us messages and say, Hey, we need more of that. And it can be good for us. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm hungry, or I need more fat, or I need more carbs. Like, if our microbiome is balanced, they will send us uh, helpful messages, um, but they can also send us unhelpful messages. And I was like, this makes no sense. You're eating really healthy food that should be cultivating healthy bacteria in your gut, but you're getting a negative response, a negative feedback system. So immediately thinking, I wonder if there's something you're eating that is triggering it and triggering some inflammatory response, opportunistic bacteria to come up. And then they're sending other signals that are making you sugar crave and, or Mm -hmm. it's messing with your blood sugar somehow because of the inflammation. So, um, you're like, okay, science, science, science. And I was like, no, but the fun (laughs) part is the experiment. Um, what I, the other thing that I love that we did with you, what what we do with lots of clients is we didn't guess. I didn't like say, okay, Abby, like, we're going to stop eating this whole category of food. I mean, spinach to kale or Swiss chard is not a huge, huge shift, um, right. but we were able to do it intelligently. So you didn't have to just be afraid of all foods. You understood like which ones to be intelligently removing. Right. Well, yeah. And and I think it's so easy. And I totally did this. You chalk up how you're feeling to age and, you know, going through the change and all of that. And <laughs> To think that, you know, I would still feel crappy. I would still feel tired all the time and bloated and puffy and all of that. Um, If I was just guessing and trying to figure out, okay, well, I'm going to give up wheat for a while. Well, you know, I'm eating healthy spinach. It's good for you. Broccoli, it's good for you. I should be able to keep eating this stuff, Um, especially since, you know, like, what if I don't have an actual allergy to it, and I continue to eat it, you you just never know until you actually know and you do the tests that, that we did. So and, and in your case, I love how you gave an example of wheat, some people go off wheat, and they're like, well, I noticed some changes, but not like significant. So I just went back on it. If we had just taken you off wheat, and we didn't test and see what other things were going on, without taking out the broccoli and taking out the spinach and addressing strawberries, cantaloupe wasn't a problem. <laughs> You know, without those things, then we wouldn't have gotten as significant a response at all. And we'd kind of just be tweaking and guessing. And really, like you did put some money forward for that lab, specifically for food sensitivities, but your test results have been, or at least your your symptom results have been very, very quick. I mean, we're at about a little bit past your three-month mark at this point today. And so, and it's interesting of your top five that we have there, um, sugar cravings wasn't even a top five. It was just like this weird anomaly, you know, mm-hmm. that you were kind of like, I guess maybe if I get a coach, she'll help me willpower my way out of this, which well, I didn't kind of- see, I didn't see the sugar cravings as a health issue at all. Uh, like that, that was not even on my radar that that was an issue with my gut or with, you know, the other things that I was eating. So I was thinking of like physical symptoms that I was having when you asked me that question. Okay. And I'm sure then that when we had our health assessment call, which for anybody listening, I offer a health assessment that is something if you don't want to do labs yet, and you're not sure what you want to do next, it's the first part in me working together with someone. And when we do the health assessment, I heard this little thing. She's like, I get these sugar cravings and you know, intermittent fasting hasn't helped it. And 
it happens after I eat this healthy breakfast. And I remember, so it's like, these are the interesting things that when I work together with someone, we find almost like these hacks of what's going on deeper. And we were able to make this whole process so much easier for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing. So we've talked about sugar cravings. Um, What are some of the other symptoms that you've seen changes in? I know you've gotten some comments even on like Zoom calls. Um, Tell us some more about that. Yeah. So I've had a couple of people say, what are you doing differently? Because on Zoom calls, like, I mean, you can see that I look more alive. My skin has changed. So I used to have um, like, I don't even know what they were like, but like bumps on the backs of my arms and other parts of my body, I would have these bumps. They're totally gone. My skin feels smoother and I don't have a skincare regimen at all. (laughs) So I probably should. But um, yeah, but my skin has totally changed. It's smoother. It's brighter. It's and I really haven't done anything different other than the supplements that I've been taking and changing my diet and all of that. And it totally changed. I'm sleeping better. Um, So we found one of the things that you found in my test results, and I don't remember which one it was, but which test it was, but you found like my liver function was really low. And so we've been doing some detoxing and things like that. And that has really helped my sleeping because apparently when your <laughs> liver, according to Allison and all oh, of the science, many people. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, no, all the science and correct me if I'm totally say if I'm butchering this, but okay. when, when you sleep, that's when your liver detoxes and takes care of some of the, the stuff in your body. And when your liver is not functioning properly, you actually, it actually wakes you up in the middle of the night. Um, and that's why I wasn't sleeping. And so I have been sleeping so much better and rarely feel like I need to take a nap in the middle of the day these days. So you were really close. I'm going to, I'm going to clarify some of what you said, but first off, (laughs) I I do want to say to our listeners, I'm really proud of Abby and honestly, everyone I work with, because part of what we do is not just like, just follow the rules and, and do these five things I'm telling you to do and don't bug me, but really there's a lot of education. So Abby has been listening to things I've been sharing with her and she's like, Oh, now I understand why I'm getting X, Y, Z symptoms. And there's a little bit more Mm -hmm. foundational, but so the liver thing is, um, it was actually several of your lab tests were pointing that your liver wasn't functioning optimally. It does a lot of jobs in the body. And if it doesn't have enough time during the day to finish all those functions, usually if it's not functioning optimally and or the toxic load on it is too high, it'll turn on at night to finish up other processes. And you get this time period from 2 to 4 a.m. that people are waking up consistently. And it's like, the other thing that's interesting about that time slot is that this doesn't happen with everyone, but um, it happened with me for, um, and and I think it also happened with you that you also might be prone to waking up in a sweat. Like I'm just really hot right now. And so the reason for that is the liver's ginormous and it's this big blood filtration system and blood's really warm. It's a key part of how we stay warm. And so if it's working really hard, you're going to heat up. And so some women, especially women, and especially women at your age are figuring it must be hormones. Maybe I'm premenopause. I'm having hot flashes. Um, and that can be, or even if you're, even if you're 20, which is when I was experiencing, it was in my twenties, I was like, is this like early menopause? Am I just that sick? Um, and so you can have other reasons that you do sweat at night, but one of them is liver. And since we've been dealing with detoxing your liver and decongesting your liver, your sleep has totally smoothed out, which yes. says there, to me that there was a correlation. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. 
Another thing, fun thing, just for listeners to know is that your liver helps with your hormone regulation, specifically getting rid of excess hormones. And so if you are having problems with, um, excess estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, any of those things. Um, and that might be causing hot flashes. So you're having hormone imbalance and then hot flashes, um, that also can be liver connected. So it's liver and hormones at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. This has been super fun. Um, I have a couple other questions for you. So what were some of the things that you were most surprised about in this process? You can choose anything. So something something else that I learned that I never considered before was that when you are eating the same things day after day after day, your body can start to um, react to those foods. And, you know, like I said before, my breakfast was uh, broccoli and spinach and some other things. When I was eating um, olive oil uh, daily, I love basil. I, basil was in a lot of my foods. Um, I love pesto, things like that, which is heavy in olive oil and, and basil. Um, but when you eat the same things, you can get reactions to it. And it's funny because wheat was one of my highly reactive foods and corn was also something that I was supposed to stay away from. And so I kind of panicked because I thought, well, when you're staying away from wheat, you go to the corn alternative, you know, corn tortilla. I love Mexican food. I live in Arizona. You know, you go to the corn tortillas and I actually called a friend of mine who has celiac and I said, okay, here's the issue that I'm having. Can you tell me, help me with what are some of the things that you do to replace um, wheat in your diet? And so she started talking about corn and she's like, well, basically I eat the same thing every day. And I said, aha, did you know <laughs> that when you eat the same thing every day? And she's like, really? She didn't know that either. So she was going to talk to her doctor about it, but it's made me really aware of what I'm eating um, because I am a creature of habit. I do like to make things really simple and try to eat the same things on a regular basis, but it's caused me to stop and think about that and like go back and try to find new recipes and, um, you know, try different alternatives to things so that um, I'm not eating the same things all the time. Yeah. And what you're referring to is especially in a case where someone's starting to get leaky gut or intestinal permeability, which is that scientific name for it, um, which you were showing signs of, um, is that when you have that going on, your body starts to absorb. Basically, you've got this thin barrier of mucus and a single cell, single line of cells that's between food or at least what's whatever's on the inside of your small intestines and then your blood. And when that barrier breaks down, you start to absorb things you shouldn't, including just overly large particles of whatever you're eating. So an over, overly large particle of banana or spinach or broccoli. And when that gets into your bloodstream, your body's like, what is spinach doing in our bloodstream again? And it, you start to get an immune reaction. It'll notice, okay, it's been in the bloodstream a lot. We need to attack it when it gets in the small intestine. So then you get a quicker and quicker response. And that's where part of where sensitivities come from is the mm. body mounting a response because of leaky gut. If you have a very, very healthy lining of your gut, then you're not getting particles into your bloodstream that shouldn't be there. And so you're there's not as much of an opportunity for your body to be freaking out about spinach. And so what we're doing, and as we're finishing up the process, because we've been going through coaching and you have about three months left, is we're going to start reintroducing foods. Because that's one of my goals in 
the better belly business, <laughs> better belly therapies is that people do not stay on food restrictions. I actually, I want you back on broccoli. I want you back on spinach. And so we'll be reintroducing after because you're in a gut healing process right now. Um, and so, yes, you're right. Repeatedly eating certain foods, um, because you're on a restricted diet and usually you're on a restricted diet. You weren't on a restricted diet, for, but for anyone who's listening, if you are on a restricted diet, that is trying to help you not get sick, whether that's low FODMAP or paleo, whatever it is. If there's also leaky gut underlying what's going on, you will start to notice you are having negative reactions to even your acceptable food list. So if that's you and you feel like you're experiencing that, talk to me, um, set up a call. I would love to chat, but that is just a little aside there. So Abby, I would love to come back to you and ask you another question I have here. So what were some of your biggest fears going into this process? Um, the thing that worried me the most was that you were going to tell me that I had to cut sugar and beer out of my diet <laughs> because I did not want to do that. I know that I have sugar cravings and I know that it was an issue. Um, but the last thing you want to be told is that you can't have something. And I love my beer. And I, I knew that, seeing that wheat was a it's interesting because wheat was an issue for me but hops were not an issue for me at all <laughs> but i did but i at the same time so those were big fears for me at the same time i also knew that i needed to make a change something had to happen um to make a change and the interesting thing is that through this process, like the sugar cravings are gone. Um, and you and I talked um, on our last coaching call, I think it was the last one, maybe it was the one before that, that I did have a beer, an, uh, an IPA, I decided, okay, I'm going to try it because I, I really wanted it. And the funny thing is, I don't even remember why off the top of my head right now, I wanted it so bad that day. But I had a beer on a Friday, just one and I felt like crap the entire weekend. I was sick to my stomach. I was, I mean, I could have slept the entire day on Saturday. And, you know, after you and I talked about it, it's because it was that weed and my body wasn't ready for it. I was still in that leaky, that leaky piece or the leaky symptoms that I was having. Um, and so while it was a fear, I know now that how it feels to have sugar and to have beer and, it's not even um, not even something I want anymore because I know how it makes me feel. Yes, I remember you had we got on a call like on a Tuesday, and you had had it on Friday, the beer on Friday, and I think you have starting feeling better on Monday. But you had said yeah. you noticed your sleep was off, you like you were bloated, you felt really crappy, your energy had tanked, and I kind of remember saying like I'm okay that you had that beer, partly because. Hey, I don't know where your body's at. And the interesting thing with beer, it has both alcohol, which is a liver trigger, and then it has the wheat for you. So who knows which of those two was more aggravating, but mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now we know where your baseline, but also you got to experience that maybe if you're tired or if you're bloated or, um, yeah, if you're tired, maybe it's not sleep related, you know, maybe it's again, food related. And so really seeing that while we want beer, we're hoping that beer can be back in your life. If it's not, it will be for a really, really good reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm personally very, very proud of you for dealing with that and, and addressing it. 
So Abby, uh, next question, what are some of your biggest wins from this process? So aside from just feeling so much better and um, I've lost about 10 pounds, my clothes are fitting better. I don't feel the puffiness anymore. Um, I very rarely feel bloated. I mean, of course, there are still times here and there probably relating to eating too much or something like that. But um, I also have explored new things that um, new ways of detoxing that I um, actually told you I wasn't going to do Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we first talked about it. I love honesty, though. It's great. <laughs> I told you I'm not doing that. No. Um, and I did it anyway. And I'm so glad that I did. So one of them was in order to get all the test results. I, I think in our I think it was in our very first call, I said, um, you know, I will do anything, but I'm not pooping in a box. And you said, well, you're going to have to poop in a box. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. But I did it. And actually, those those test results were some of the most telling, I think, of anything, because that's where we got a lot of the supplements that you have recommended to me. Yes. Um, and then the other thing, and I wasn't sure if I was going to mention it, but I'll just say it because I didn't mention this on my podcast when you I had you on. But uh, one of the things that you recommended for the liver detox was a coffee enema. And the thought of doing that really freaked me out. And I and I said, I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> So I'm going to call you out too. I already was. And, I was already a practicing. I, I only practice <laughs> when I preach. So yes, yes. So I did it, and the first time I did it, because I have done it multiple times since. The first time I did it um, wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be, and actually, I have found that when I am not feeling great, or when I know that maybe I haven't been as careful specifically about the wheat, because it's so hard. I have found it really difficult to avoid wheat altogether, especially even when you're looking for something, when you get something that's gluten-free, oftentimes there is cornstarch in it, which is something that I shouldn't have either. And so I kind of weigh, you know, well, cornstarch, corn was lower on my, you know, things than others. And so if I get a pizza, I'll get gluten-free crust and I'm sure that there's some cornstarch in there. So if I don't feel great, I'll do it. Like I'll do the coffee enema on a weekend. And I have found that it just not only does it totally clear out your system because it does, but I feel um, lighter and more awake and more um, just kind of with it for several days afterwards. It just, you know, and I, I'm sure that it's because it completely cleans out your system. Um, but I have found it to be just a really great tool, I guess, that I could use even in the future when I know that, you know, things are not sitting right with me. And I have other supplements that I have and I can't, the, the black one, the, the charcoal one that I know I can take when things, when I don't feel right. But I've just found that that has really helped me a lot. Yeah. So for listeners, the science behind a coffee enema, because you're like, wow, that's crazy. I had never heard of it before, but when you pair it with the correct supplements, you can help your liver detox. Your liver has a phase one detox and a phase two detox. Phase one is unpackaging all the chemicals in your body that it's trying to deal with. And then phase two is repackaging and binding them so you can poop them out. Well, when you do a coffee enema, when you paired with correct supplements, the coffee, um, especially caffeine and a couple other minerals in coffee, 
goes into something called your hepatic portal vein system. It gets absorbed into the colon and this vein system goes straight to your liver. It is a highway for your liver to take care of everything in your gut because your gut has so much going on with it, bacteria, food, minerals, hormones, all this different stuff. And so the coffee enema helps stimulate the liver, kind of shakes it up and it makes those supplements more effective and also helps you just push everything out when you're doing this whole process. So that is behind the coffee enema. I would say be careful not doing the coffee enema with the correct supplements with it um, because you can get more congestion sometimes and feel worse depending on how you know backed up the liver is. But uh, I would say it was interesting. The first time you did a coffee enema and the first time I did it, the first few times we had like a caffeine rush, um, mm. right? It was so funny. It was, um, I didn't know if the, everyone would experience that. I'd be like, Allison, I feel like I just had like two cups of coffee. <laughs> um, but then as things move progressed, even though it was the same dose of coffee, both you and I noticed that there was decreased like jitteriness and like basically caffeine rush, which again, when, when your liver is healthier, you're going to flush everything. It's not going to get stuck in you. and You're not going to hyper absorb everything. Um, so again, just things that I think even that one symptom being a sign of the effectiveness of a coffee enema over time. And yes. if any listeners do try it, um, if you do feel jittery the first time, it is not that way every time. So <laughs> side to note. Yes. Awesome. So those were some of your biggest wins. Um, just like trying new things, basically trying the scary things. Um, it was so yeah. interesting that you said that. I thought you were going to say something about like all your symptoms changing, but your wins <laughs> were doing the scary stuff, which is so real. Yes. I love that, Abby. Uh, listeners, I hope that you guys super appreciate her because she is so honest and she's like that in her podcast too. I would strongly recommend you checking it out, especially if you're a business owner. Um, so next question for you, Abby, what was a setback you experienced during this process? Oh, um, I don't know that I specifically had a setback other than deciding the day I decided to have the beer and had it. And I felt like it just, um, I kind of felt like I failed, you know, like because of how I felt that weekend because I felt so crummy. Um, but I don't know that that was necessarily a setback because, it made me realize that, okay, my body is not ready for this yet. And there's still work to be done. Um, other than that, I really can't think of a specific setback. I feel like I have learned so much about how I eat and why I eat the things that I do, the things that I can do to make myself feel better. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be really difficult to go out to eat. I've just been a little more aware of what I'm choosing. I haven't done it. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and <laughs> um, it's been inconvenient to go to restaurants and not totally safe. I've gone out a few times, but I think I've just done a better job of selecting the foods um, that I'm eating and how I'm eating it, I, I would say, and I don't think that this is necessarily a setback again. But the most challenging thing that I have encountered through all of this, other than conversations with friends or and family who maybe don't understand what I'm trying to do, I've, I've had a couple instances of that. 
but the timing and you and I have talked about this before the timing of the supplements, I think at one point I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) I feel like I'm popping pills all day long because there are a lot of supplements that have gone along with this and we've started reducing them, which has been really nice. But some of them are, you know, have this an hour before you take any other supplements. This needs to be done 30 minutes before any um, food. And this one's 15 minutes before. So, but I finally figured that piece out by getting like a big, um, like pill distribution container thing that's timed and all of that. So that has made it a lot easier, but that's been kind of the biggest challenge for me is the supplements. Yeah. And it's interesting because when we go through the supplements that I think are going to be helpful for you, I explain why everyone like, okay, this one's related to what we found here. And this one's related to what we found here. And it's for a short period of time. I mean, right after the three to four month mark, uh, we are reducing, reducing, reducing so that you don't have Mm -hmm. to live by supplements. I mean, I find that it's been interesting. You've had a, a really intense season of focusing on for you, you didn't have a ton of lifestyle changes, which I find it's more common than we realize where it's like, I didn't have to tell you to go and exercise. You were, I didn't have to tell you. We worked a little bit on like bedtime routine. Um, mm-hmm. But for you, it was the most helpful thing was these supplements that was replacing nutrients you were lacking so that your body could build up its own processes. So your body can then do these processes on its own without the supplements. Do you mm-hmm. feel like it has been worth it to go through this season of focus so that your body can do these processes on its own. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a little afraid of what comes next, you know, like when we're done working together, um, you know, where will I go next with it? But absolutely, it's been totally worth it. Just how I feel and um, comments that people have made. I mean, who doesn't want to have comments about their skin, right? (laughs) And your hair and your And my hair. Yeah. So, um, and just feeling myself again and being, I mean, and it's not even the 10 pounds that I've lost. It's just feeling just different overall, you know, just totally my body just feels different. I can feel it in, you know, I'm small chested, but I was feeling very puffy and heavy on top and I don't feel that way anymore. Um, My clothes all fit better and who doesn't want that? (laughs) I love it. And then you got like a, your business owner and you had a big photo shoot recently. I did. I haven't seen the photos yet, but yes, I had a whole photo shoot and I felt great doing it. Um, I have worked with a personal stylist also, not, not during this season at all, but previously, um, and she's a friend of mine and uh, we worked together several years ago and I, I kept telling her, you know, I need to lose some weight. Let me lose some weight. And then we'll go shopping. We'll do the thing. And she kept telling me, Abby, you know, I love you, but you're not going to lose the weight. Like you can't keep using that as an excuse, but now I have lost weight. (laughs) So I'm like, we need to go shopping again. (laughs) Let me just add this in. Cause I know there's a lot of women listening to this podcast and maybe even men. Um, but especially women where we're like, why can't I lose that five pounds or 10 pounds? Or like, maybe, maybe they're currently gaining weight. And even though the portions seem the same, like the food quality seems pretty high. And a lot of times it's because we can have toxins in our body that cause us to hold on to um, weight. Basically our body's so busy dealing with other toxins, um, maybe from microbiome imbalances or inflammation from food we're eating or pathogens in our gut um, that we can't, I mean, it's, it's like losing weight, your body's like, we're, we're doing good. Just like 
keeping you moving. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for example, for you, for any listeners who are like toxins, what's she talking about? There's something we found on your lab test called beta glucuronidase. And that is a toxin that bacteria, especially opportunistic bacteria will kick out and it will cause our body to recirculate estrogen in our body. So, and we know that estrogen causes us to hold on to weight. If you're estrogen dominant, you can have increased painful PMS or periods like breast tenderness, you're holding on to weight, irritability and mood instability. Um, All these things are associated with increased estrogen, even if everything else in your life is pretty healthy. You sleep, you exercise, you sweat, you know, all these things. So helping your liver helped your beta glucuronidase. And then you like shed weight doing like literally you were doing less because you were in a stressful period in your business where you're like... Allison, I'm sitting at the computer 12 hours a day and I am losing weight. <laughs> uh-huh. Totally. Absolutely. I I definitely there was a period of time there where I was definitely working out much less than I usually do and much less than I wanted to. I mean, yeah, it was um a very stressful, probably about a month that was super stressful and I still lost weight. (laughs) I I just hope brings encouragement to other people listening to this, that if you're struggling with a weight loss journey, it might not be your fault. And that's something that I knew I wanted to know. Um, My problem wasn't weight loss, but my problem was all of my other GI problems. And I felt like it was my fault. Like, well, I'm just not eating right. or I don't have enough willpower. Honestly, those were my two thoughts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my two options. And there's so much more going on in the body which Abby, you have experienced. Yes. Um, And so I feel like you've already started answering this question and maybe we'll both dig into this a little bit more, but how do you see your life being different after this, after working together? Well, I'm definitely much more aware of um, the fact that eating the same things every day, day after day for literally years probably is not the best thing for my health. And we all hear, you know, eat a rainbow and and all of those things. And, you know, you've heard that before. Um, And I think about that even more so now. I mean, I've always been really good at eating my veggies. I mean, at least as an adult, not so much as a kid, but I eat my veggies. I love to get a good salad at the at a restaurant. And I love a good burger and french fries too. But I mean, I think it's all about balance. So um, I mean, I said before, I am a little afraid of what comes next. Um, For me, I'm really big on investing. And when I invest money into something, I'm going to do the thing, especially when I have to get on a call with Allison (laughs) every other week for six months. um, And I have to look her in the eye and I'm not going to lie to her about what I've done, you know, and so I'm going to stick with it. And so that has been really, really valuable So in a couple of months when our time is up, I don't know what that's going to look like for me. I would love to say that I'm going to stick with it completely. Um, The supplements that she tells me are my long-term supplements to take. I would love to say that I'm going to continue doing that forever. Um, You know, I don't know, but I do know that I've learned so much through the process. And even if I slip up, I know I have the tools to kind of correct, of course, correct a little bit. I have the tools to help me. Um, and, and I have, I have you to turn back to (laughs) help. I'm not feeling good again. What do I do? But yeah. And once you have journey with someone, we can totally stay connected. What I love that you said there is that you have tools, you know, to 
to under both, both evaluate, like, why am I feeling this way? You now, when you don't feel good, you're going to think differently about why, like you have more options. It might not just be, Oh, it's my age. Like, right. Right. It's kind of your, I think your main thing, I think it's my, just my age, or maybe some of us it's, Oh, it's my stress levels. I'm stressed. I'm a business owner. I'm a mom. You know, I, whatever, I'm a career woman. Um, I have five kids, whatever it is, it's either my age, my stress, and we just kind of blow it off. But really there can be a lot we can do so that when we go to be a mom, when we go to be a business owner, we have more, you have more energy and you have tools that you can try it, whether it's uh, a coffee enema. And, and what I really think is, is that, um, your body, this is something that we actually, uh, for all the listeners, they're getting a glimpse into things that we'll be talking over next of like how to think about the exiting process and, and, and taking care of yourself and what to expect as we wean off supplements and then reintroduce foods. My goal and what I've seen time and time again is that you get a lot of foods back. So again, it's minimal changes. Like I'm, I'm really fully expecting you'll get corn back. Wheat is a, toss up of how that goes. Um, and then, uh, and then supplements really having reduced and, and maybe being on none at all, except for almost taking it like ibuprofen, like, Oh, I feel kind of weird today. You know, I know this helps my system and it supports it. I'll take this thing. And so hopefully it's minimal. You're I'm, I expect in the whole point of our program, I want to encourage you trust the process. We go through that the last few months when we start going back to quote unquote normal life is to trust the process. You've trusted it so far. Your sugar mm-hmm. cravings, in fact, disappeared. You've lost weight. Your skin has changed. You've trusted the process. And I think that that is huge for, for lots of people who are sitting thinking, can I get better? Do I want to work with someone? Is it worth the investment of time mm-hmm. and money. That's one of the reasons I really wanted you on the call because um, you, like many other of my clients, have decided to invest and we take that so, so seriously and you're seeing results. So um, maybe we'll have to have you on in three months again to be like, hey, how was exiting? Um, yeah. Because that's a whole other experience and, and even really freeing and life-giving to say, you have your tools, you really feel confident about your body. And then the last thing I'd say about exiting just for our listeners, because you and I will talk about it more, is that um, truthfully, Abby, and to anyone listening, when you go through a process like this, your body heals. Like it's the difference between walking around with like a broken leg slash a, you know, a leg with a, if you just have an injury in your bone and you don't deal with it, it can get worse and worse and worse. And you develop coping mechanisms and your muscles get tight and all this stuff. You, your whole posture changes. But if you deal with it and you put a cast on it or you get PT, then it just changes. And then from then on, once you do that, one big, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to get the cast or do the PT. Um, it's an intense period. And then afterwards, your body's very different and it, it really maintains itself differently. So that's what I'd be expecting to say. And that's what I want to say to you, even though you haven't experienced it yet, maybe you'll be preaching it in three months that your body does heal. <laughs> and then it, it just maintains itself with homeostasis so, so much better. So yeah. do you, Abby, yeah. do you have any thoughts to that? I know I just waxed eloquent. Are you like, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens next? <laughs> No, I mean, you know that I was um, not confident that my sugar cravings were going to go away or that it would take so much willpower to not have that sugar. Um, but they they have gone away. I totally, you know, investing in something, I'm going to do it. 
Um, so I totally try, I trust you. I trust you in the process. Um, you've fully proven that it works. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And yeah, I am, I am looking forward to the next stage and the next step. It's just, you know, change is always scary. So I'm scared, but also excited to see what happens next. And I'm so excited for you too, Abby. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being on the Better Belly podcast. This podcast episode is going to be so enlightening and helpful and hopefully encouraging, inspiring um, for our listeners. It has meant so much that you've been willing to share your story with us. Yeah. Well, and I really do hope that it helps someone because I mean, I see people in my own life who feel crummy and, you know, and after you were on my podcast, I had tons of people ask me and I know a couple of them, at least one of them became a client of yours. Um, So yeah, I've seen people in my own life and um, I've had tons of people who have come to me after you were on my podcast, asking me about you, asking me about the process that I've gone and we don't have to go through life feeling like crap all the time. Like, and we don't have to guess, like you said, and it's not just because I'm getting older. It's not just my age. It's, it's so many other things that have led up to this feeling crummy. And so now it's nice to have a, a resolution to all of that and feel better. So I hope that other people are inspired to take action for themselves. Yes. As our dear beloved friend, Natalie Ekdahl from the Biz Chicks podcast says, now go take some action. You sound just like her there. So (laughs) all the podcasts. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being on the call. And we cannot wait to see what the next three months have in store for you. Yes. Thank you. Was that an amazing episode or what? And did you guys love Abby? She is so totally honest and I have loved working together with her and get to continue to enjoy her brutal honesty and hard work. If you are like Abby and some of what we shared about today made you start to think hmm, about your health, there are ways that you can work with me. First off, if you remember when we talked about how I talked with Abby about her sugar cravings and I told her that they were probably not a willpower problem because of other symptoms she was telling me about, like her bloating and constipation and gassiness, you can set up a health assessment with me. There is a link down in the show notes. It's a one hour conversation where you have pre-filled out three intake forms with lots of great information. And we do a deep dive into your health and figure out what is or might be going on. If you want to just do a health assessment with me, I give you my top recommendations of things that I would suggest that you can look into next. Everything from chiropractors, craniosacral therapy, certain labs that you can look into, supplements, nutrition changes, anything that sticks out. But if you want to experience what Abby is currently going through, she is doing coaching work with me for six months where we meet every other week and I personally take her through and and I will take you through the process of your customized health plan that we create for you after we take labs and get good information where we are testing and not guessing at what is going on in your health. You can follow the link in the show notes to purchase coaching or a health assessment with me. And if you are wondering if this is right for you, you can listen, keep listening to more of our podcast episodes. You can purchase my book, Stop Stomach Pain, follow us on Instagram, ask me questions there. And 
Just know though that this process works. You can have gut transformation. It is totally possible. And we are going to have Abby back in four months, giving her time to finish out our program and have a month on her own. We discussed it after we recorded this episode and she is so graciously willing to come back and share about what her exit and re-entry has been and will be like. So stay tuned for our next few months and Abby will be back on the show. Well, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line, including Abby coming back. So subscribe so you never miss a beat and take a screenshot and share this with a friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend who you thought of a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Also, if you love today's episode or if you've been following us for a while now, I would cherish a rating and review. It is so helpful for other people to see that this is a trustworthy and helpful podcast for people to listen to. It really helps us get more of our information to other people's ears. Other ways you can stay connected with us is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And without further ado, I would love to finish off with my favorite quotes, the one that you may have been hearing for a while now. Miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. <laughs>